Hey there, welcome to Ag Trends by AgVend, a podcast where we dig into a new era in ag retail and explore the strategies that are being used by pioneers in the ag industry. My name is Anna Cardoz, and I'm a product marketing manager with AgVend and your host for this podcast. Today, we're featuring a webinar that we recorded recently with our CEO, Alexander Raycher. We hope that you enjoy this live webinar, and if you have any follow-up questions, please feel free to reach out to us with the contact information listed in the show notes. Well, thank you, Anna. I really appreciate that, and um, I got a peek at uh, the list of speakers that we have upcoming in this series of webinars, and let's just say I'm quite humbled to, uh, to be uh, in that company. So really looking forward to the next uh, series of webinars that, that we, we do here at AgVent. And, uh, but today we're going to talk more about this idea of cultivating a new era in ag retail uh, and what does that actually mean. Um, and so I think the, um, you know, for today's agenda, as Anna said, we're going to be moving through kind of the rapidly evolving state of digital engagement in agriculture. Um, talk, touch upon that, um, as well as our best practices for navigating your own digital initiative. Uh, and then I'm going to touch just very briefly on AgVen's product line, AgVen's grower portal, um, and, and how we power the customer experience for some of the nation's largest ag retailers uh, and cooperatives. Uh, and so just for those who may not be as familiar with AgVent, uh, we are and we power the omnichannel uh, experience in agriculture. Uh, and so we started back in 2017 when we brought together a team of ag retailers, manufacturers, growers, uh, e-commerce professionals, uh, some are perfectionists, <laughs> uh, technologists, uh, to really think about how to design the future of ag business and ag retail. Uh, and what does that actually look like? And so we're based in Minneapolis and have our engineering team out in the uh, Bay Area in California. Uh, and we have partners, so uh, mainly retailers, uh, also manufacturers and distributors, uh, about 85 of them <coughs> all spread throughout the United States. So um, pretty broad reach of, of, uh, of, of ownership across the U.S. And so we have a, a joke, or maybe it's a rule. Uh, you know, we don't get too draconian around it, but maybe it's a rule. Uh, that, that you have to define the buzzword uh, if you use it. So I used the buzzword in a previous slide, omnichannel. It's something that gets brought up a lot. It's something that some people have um, pretty good understanding of. Some have no understanding, but it seems like a thing that everyone wants. Um, and so what really omnichannel, the omnichannel experience is all about is providing your growers with a consistent level of service and value regardless of the channel that they choose to do business with. So regardless of if they're working with your sales team in person uh, or accessing your mobile app uh, or giving your sales guy a call, uh, making sure that you have this consistent and, and really kind of your high level experience that your grower has come to expect, regardless of which, which, uh, which channel they choose to do business on. And so now jumping into kind of our you know, viewpoint or let's say the history of uh, digital engagement in the space. Um, so I've taken a snapshot here of the past four years. Uh, and of course, you can take this timeline all the way back really to rooster.com uh, in, in the 2000s with the first introduction there um, and then the subsequent development from that point. But I really wanted to focus on this 2016 to 2020 period. And so in 2016, you had the launch of uh, Farmers Business Network, Farm FBN Direct, their online site that was uh, intended to go um, skip the, the grower and go direct, um, I'm sorry, skip the retailer uh, and could go direct from manufacturer uh, to grower and essentially cut out the retailer from the equation. 
And in response to that, you saw the rise of two platforms, one Commodity Ag and actually us, Agvent, um, with the Agvent Marketplace, that were uh, kind of the digital backbone or digital tooling necessary for the ag retailers to compete for that same segment of grower that was buying from FBN Direct. Um, now, fast forward a few more years, we're with Nutrien and their launch of their customer portal and the development there. So this is a tool for Nutrien's customers. It was built internally. Um, and we'll talk more about kind of the development of that tool uh, a little bit later on. Um, and then our own evolution of our strategy, moving away from the marketplace and evolving that to include these Agvent powered grower portals. So the customer experience, the digital customer experience, um, but it's branded uh, our, um, the ag retail partners that we work with. So it's their brand, but we just were the technology or the horsepower that sits underneath that. Um, and so it gives the, our partners a rival tool set. I like to think it's actually a better uh, customer experience, a better tool set than what Nutrien's offering today, um, but it essentially gives them a way to rival uh, Nutrien's capabilities and Nutrien's offering. And so if we break this timeline down into kind of two different phases, we have phase one from a development perspective that really focused on this idea of transactional e-commerce. It was the point, click, and buy, uh, typically done through a third party, uh, and really focusing on a more of this transactional customer. And we call these customers transactional value seekers. Uh, they are price sensitive. They require low to no service. Uh, and so thus actually put minimal value on the retailer's brand that they're working with. Um, and so these are really akin to your cash and carry customers. Actually, a lot of them are your cash and carry customers, or if you have a cash and carry stra uh, strategy, um, they just also are comfortable. These TVSs, they're comfortable um, doing business online. Uh, and we put this, and this is kind of a composite metric looking at Farm Journal and the McKinsey studies, CoBank, Purdue, um, and then our own research that we've done uh, throughout our network. We put this market around about 10% of the current addressable market. Uh, and we think that this segment is actually growing at a slower growth rate. It's growing, it's definitely expanding, but it's definitely growing at a slower growth rate that some uh, may expect. And that really is because the majority of growers don't actually want this idea of transactional e-commerce from third parties. And it's part of the reason why we've evolved our strategy at Agvent to move away from more of the transactional world in phase one um, to more of this omni-channel experience for powering this omni-channel experience for our partners. Um, but so the majority of growers don't want this transactional e-commerce. So what, what do they want? Um, what we have found is that they want a digitally enabled way of doing business with their retailer with the retailer that they've been working with for the past 30 years, with the retailer that they have a relationship with, the sales team that they know and they trust, um, just having the ability to do that in a more digital fashion. Which brings us to phase two in that timeline. And phase two is this kind of evolution into this omni-channel experience for your core grower customer. And you saw this with Nutrient. You saw this with what they've done with their customer portal. It's not a transactional, focused on that transactional grower, that transactional buying experience. There's nothing really to do with that. What it is is actually integrating into how they're going to market from a broader go-to-market strategy, but just providing a digital um, experience. And our grower portals, what we power for our partners, is exactly the same uh, in that sense. It is, it's not designed to compete or go after that um, that, that, that transactional value seeker is not, not designed to go after that, that, that um, cash and carry customer, but rather it's designed for a specific segment of grower that we like to call digitally engaged loyalists. 
these are uh, growers who have a varied service need. So they go from low service all the way up to your full service customer. They place a high value on the retailers or the, or the retailer or the retailers that they work with. Um, they prefer to do part of their purchasing process digitally. And I'll get into that in a second because I think that's the, that's the newest thing here. Um, and they're very akin. They're essentially your core customer. They are your core customer. Uh, and they are doing business with you today. Uh, you may not segment them into this digitally engaged loyalist because you may not have the option for them to engage with you digitally. But once you start rolling out digital tools, you start to see that a lot of your grower customers gravitate towards this profile. And we put this at about 55% of the current addressable market. And unlike the transactional value seekers, we see the segment actually growing at a significant rate. Um, and that is because more and more retailers are rolling out these experiences, but also growers are just becoming more and more comfortable with doing business online. Uh, and whether that's driven through um, adoption of, of tools and their consumer, digital tools for their consumer lives, um, or, or just frankly, because we're just, we're just seeing a, a less of a barrier to entry when it comes to digital, um, we're seeing this market actually aggressively increase um, and think that will increase over time here. And so I, 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 I pause on that bullet before around this kind of mix of in-person and digital when it comes to the purchasing preference. And what I have here up on the screen is kind of the top um, section here. I know it's a very busy slide. I got a lot of feedback from my team on this already. So, but the top section here is really around the purchasing process of a grower. Um, and I, we've, we took this from the McKinsey study, I think it's cultivating the omni-channel grower, omni-channel farmer. And um, what I always tell our partners is actually don't take our segments, don't take our uh, steps in the purchasing process. Make sure that you're actually pulling out um, what is core to your customer. Go through the exercise of thinking through what your customer's journey is and the different points along that journey that you can actually swap in between digital and in-person. And so here we have Sarah and Jim. And so Sarah likes to do the bulk of her buying process in person. But when it comes to repurchasing in season product that she had bought before, she likes to, she prefers to do that digitally. And Jim here, Jim likes to sit with his sales agronomist in person to do research, learn about new products and offerings for the fall or for the spring, I should say. But then when it comes to evaluating proposals, reviewing plans, and ultimately transacting, he likes to do that digitally. And then when the season comes around, he flips back into that in-person mode. And so you can see here, just with two growers, you have a very different way of doing business. And so we don't, and we'll get into this in one of our best practices of, of trying not to, don't try to predict how your growers or where your growers are going to want to do in-person versus going online. We always say, build that flexibility into your broader go-to-market strategy. Give your grower the ability to choose what part of her purchasing process she likes to do digitally versus what she likes to do in person. And I got to pause here uh, because I, Nutrient comes up a lot and I've already brought them up in this slide deck. It comes up a lot because what our partners see and what our prospective partners who've come to us see is that Nutrient is trying and attempting to redefine and create a new standard for the customer experience in ag retail. Uh, and they're doing that and they're seeing some success with that. Um, whether it be their adoption numbers with the $200 million uh, in quarterly sales. So in Q1 uh, 2020, they had 200 million in sales. Now that is not just click point transactions. That's also paying of invoices um, and, and, and reviewing and actually 
completing plans. Uh, but that's a 4x growth rate from 2019. Uh, and also, they have a pretty audacious adoption goal of about 50% of the revenue going through this portal by, I believe, 2023. Anna, you could probably correct me at the end here if I'm wrong on that one, but I think it's about 2023. And that comes on the back of a significant amount of investment. So Chuck Magro uh, spoke to the AgPro team and said that they were doing $60 million a year uh, in their digital investment this year, in 2020. Now, we have known from years past that they've been spending hundreds of millions of dollars in their digital strategy, getting this off the ground, building out the team. If you look at their team, there's about 100 person, 100 plus person strong development team uh, with user research designers, uh, product managers with e-commerce backgrounds. Uh, if, you, if you look at their career page, it looks more like a Silicon Valley tech company than it does, uh, it does a traditional ag retailer. And the question becomes, well, how are they going to recoup the, the, the return? How are they going to recoup the value from all this investment? And uh, Chuck talks about it a little bit here, and, and he's right. There, there's definitely a win from a customer loyalty perspective. That's what most people jump to. There's definitely going to be a win. We talked about those uh, digitally engaged loyalists being a majority of growers that are out there. So when you bring in a digital strategy, you're going to increase their level of satisfaction when they're working with you. Um, it's going to lead to a higher share of wallet. It's going to lead to reduced churn, more customers, et cetera. But on the other side, it's also going to help you reduce your cost and help you become more efficient in your go-to-market. And so this, in some other industries, and we're starting to see it play out here in ag, this can be upwards of 30% of your cost of goods sold. And that is business model changing. Uh, and so when you're thinking about digital strategy, and it's a good segue into our best practices, make sure that you think, yes, customer experience is definitely going to increase and all the value that comes with that, but also this real savings, this real cost of goods sold savings that you can achieve when you do get high levels of adoption of your digital tools. And so this brings us to our best practices. And so we have three best practices for you today. The first is taking an integrated approach to digital commerce. So the omni-channel experience is, again, to remind you, letting the grower kind of have the same experience, whether they do business in person, they do business digitally or do business over the phone, doesn't matter what channel they choose. They should have the same pricing. They should have the same connection to their sales agronomists. They should have the same product availability. It shouldn't be this disjointed experience. You shouldn't have digital sit out by itself. Really, you want to bring that in and help that support your core go-to-market strategy. And letting your grower really choose where and when and how they want to do business. So this goes back to Jim and Sarah and that, and, that, and that chart I showed. And this is key, again, similar to the ROI. This is key for improving your customer experience. But this is also, this is also key to make sure that your digital strategy doesn't run in conflict with your core sales team. And that's probably the biggest hurdle and I think the thing that gets and gets people caught up on their digital strategy um, so much is they create these separate digital channels. And those separate digital channels inevitably start to compete with what their core business and, and what their core sales team is doing today. And so by taking this integrated approach, you're actually, you're not competing with your sales team, you're amplifying them. You're helping them create more higher value touch points with their growers, which is great. And it also helps to save them time and efficiency and get them to be spending more time in the things that they want, where they add the most value with their growers. So it's twofold. One, again, improve the customer experience, but two, also when you do this integrated experience and make sure that you're not running in conflict with your sales team. The second best practice is measuring beyond the transaction. So bringing Jim and Sarah back into this, uh, if you have Sarah who does all of her, the bulk of her purchasing process in person, so it works directly with her sales agronomist, but 
has a kind of a free hour at 9 p.m. once the kids go to bed and wants to complete the transaction or complete the plan that they reviewed or the recommendation that was reviewed earlier that day. She's, she goes on and she does that through the, the mobile app that you have for her. If you're just focusing on the transaction, what you're going to do is say, oh, Sarah must be a digital customer. But in reality, Sarah did 90% of her purchasing process offline and that last 10% was done digitally. And this works vice versa, right? You may have Jim who does most of his purchasing process actually digitally, but prefers to kind of complete the sale, complete the transaction when he's sitting at lunch with his sales agronomist that he's been doing for the past 25 years. Uh, that doesn't make Jim an offline customer. If, on the contrary, he's actually an online customer. He's a digital customer who just chooses to transact offline. So transactions are definitely important when you're valuing or evaluating the success of your strategy. But this goes back to what I was talking about with the purchasing process of, of, of thinking through the purchasing process of your grower. Make sure you understand all those different pieces of that purchasing process and be able to understand how your growers are using them, right? Whether they're doing some pieces in person and some pieces digitally, mapping all of those touch points will help really kind of help you get at the ROI of what your digital strategy is actually doing for your business. And the third piece is really technology is only as good as the people that support it. And so best-in-class technology is something we have we're saying around AgVent. And this is to say, if you work with your internal IT team or a third-party development shop or a SaaS provider like AgVent, you should demand best-in-class technology. And you should do that because it's important that you give your customers the best-in-class experience. So your customers can know that, that when features are being promised or when bugs are being promised to fix, you're hitting your timelines. And timelines are set and hit consistently that the tool is mobile optimized so they can use it and it's mobile friendly for your growers and they're having a great experience using it on their mobile phone, which is about 60 to 70% of usage that we see across our network. Uh, and that our roadmap actually anticipates customers' needs, not just reacts to them. And so these type of pieces should just come almost table stakes when it comes to best-in-class technology. And we wrote a blog on this earlier this week that I'm sure I would be happy to share out it after this. But th this idea is like you should hold your partner to this highest level of standard because that experience is not going to reflect if you have a negative experience if your customer has a negative experience that's not going to reflect poorly on your uh, development partner per se that's going to reflect poorly on your brand uh, and so you need to make sure you're delivering that top level of service but again that's table stakes the real value what you should do when you're choosing a partner is think through how they deal with account management and this goes beyond just getting you technically onboarded from contract signature to go live. This is how do you explain the why? Coaching around how to explain the why uh, and how to explain how this is going to add value to your sales team. This is ongoing education and development. This is sharing best practices so that we're not just punting over a bunch of technology and throwing it into your organization. This is, no, we're getting coached on how best to use this technology, this new technology, this new go-to-market for us. Uh, how best to use this? How best can we find success with all this new technology that we're putting in there? And so with the last kind of two minutes here, I'll talk, touch very briefly on our product, Agvent's product, um, our grower portal. Uh, and so to be clear, this is a fully integrated web and mobile, white labeled uh, mobile, uh, web and mobile application. So that means what white label means that you can come in, you can put, our, our, our partners put their brand on it. Um, they only access, uh, they give out access to their growers. So it's, it's kind of walled access. It is 
customized and, and, and configured to fit the organization that we're working with. Um, and you probably potentially have been on some of our grower portals without even knowing it because we just, we're just, again, the back end that's powering this. It's really the brand of our partner that you see and you interact with and you engage with. Uh, and so our grower portal, you have the ability, this is our base grower portal package. You have the ability to view and pay invoices, access purchase history, previous purchase history, whether that be online or offline, you can go all the way back to historical purchases offline, request prices for products. And all of this is done through primarily actually through that web app, um, sorry, that mobile app that we, that we build for you and that your brand goes on top of, uh, as well as it can be accessed through a mobile application or a mobile uh, web browser. Uh, so it's Safari on your, on your iPhone. Uh, and then of course it can be accessed through a desktop or laptop. So all of the feature functionality uh, can be accessed across those different mediums. And again, as I said earlier, it's important. It's like, I didn't realize how important it was with this app, but 60 to 70% of customers use the mobile app, engage with the mobile app. That's their primary source of engagement with our digital tools across our network. So it's very important that you have a strong mobile app, strong mobile presence that can be downloaded off the Apple iTunes store uh, or, or um, the Google Play store. And on top of that base grower portal package, so if you want to take a crawl, walk, run, maybe start with just the grower portal that we have that integrates into your ERP system, and then add on these additional packages so that you have a much more comprehensive experience for your grower. Now, these four packages are just the four packages that we have available today. Now, there are a few more that are in beta. There are a few more that are on our roadmap, and we're going to continue to build out kind of this robust ecosystem around our grower portal product. Uh, and so the first package is this e-commerce package. And this is the self-serve ability for growers to come in, select products, make purchases, check out online. Um, and then we have our agronomy package, which is centralizing plans that are created in AgVance or AgWorld or any other um, ag uh, um, rec and planning tool that you use. We pull that information in. We provide that to the grower in kind of two easy clicks on the app. Uh, they can engage with that information in one centralized area. They can ask questions on it. They can make um, uh, they can switch out different products, um, and ultimately they can transact on those agronomy um, on, on those plants. Then we have the credit package, which surfaces grower credit that you have out to that grower. So this could be, uh, you know, their balance, their prepay, their history, um, their credit limit. It also gives growers the ability to apply for additional credit. Um, and then finally, you can use that credit to complete purchases. And the third, or sorry, the fourth is really our marketing package. Uh, and our marketing package allows you to send targeted email text and push notifications to from a one to one, so directly to growers or a one to many, so to a group of growers. Uh, and our marketing package sits on a level of intelligence that enables you to group a segment of customers and target them with highly relevant information to help improve and educate them in their decision-making process. So our marketing package really is um, one of our newest packages, but is actually one that's gotten a lot of, um, lot of great use and a lot of great excitement around that. And so with that, I, um, I will open it up to questions. I saw a bunch come through here as I was going through. Um, I'll also leave my contact information up here on the screen. So if you take that down, there's going to be part of the recording, obviously, and I'll share that out. Feel free to reach out to me directly. I'm always open to have these conversations and dive into any details of what I presented today or what Agvin's all about or a product line, et cetera. Um, and then if we run out of time, because I know I went over a little bit on my time here. Um, so if we do run out of time answering questions, uh, I'll be sure to follow up personally with any of the questions that you put in um, to the queue here. So 
with that, Anna, I'll turn it back over to you and take a quick sip of water because I'm a little bit dry over here. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thanks for sharing such great information, Alexander. So we have had quite a few com uh, questions come through. So first one for you, is a grower portal geared for my younger, more tech savvy customers, or is it user friendly enough for my older customers who can use it without too much of a hassle? So the short answer to that is absolutely. Uh, it is, it, our, our, you know, we do grower trainings and we help and we do actually go out there and work with your sales team and with your growers directly so that they can get coached and learned up on the, on the, on the tool. But most times they don't need that because our user experience is designed to be intuitive that anyone can pick this up and get going with it. Um, but it is a really interesting piece because I think when we started Agman, we actually thought we were targeting a much younger grower. Um, but what we have seen is that, yes, a younger grower is definitely interested in this, but they almost see it as an expectation. They see it as an, like, of course, the retailer should have the ability for them to do business with them on a, on a mobile app. It's almost seen as this expectation. But for senior on the farm, senior sees it as, oh my gosh, this is great. I haven't had this. I've been wanting to be able to look back at my, my previous orders, my plans from last year, not have to dig through my office and be able to do that with two clicks on a mobile app. This is great. So they see a lot more value in it. Um, and so what we actually see is our users are very evenly distributed with the most amount of engagement actually sitting in the older demographic, which is, uh, which is an interesting piece. Yeah, that is interesting and something that we all like to see happen, right? Yeah. Now, another question we have for you. Um, so an anonymous attendee uh, shares, I saw Winfield is coming out with a marketplace. Is that similar to a grower portal? That's a good question. So I, I, uh, I think they're, I think they're referring to the Winfield, uh, Winfield marketplace. And I, and I know they're coming out with that. I think it's sometime this month, but it, it seems to be a moving date, um, out there today. And, um, the Winfield marketplace is much more akin to, uh, the commodity ag offering or an FBN direct, or even our original Agvan marketplace. It, it targets that phase one in that development. It targets that transactional e-commerce type of grower um, and much more of that kind of the, the um, transactional value seekers that we talked about. Whereas our grower portals are designed to be integrated into the existing go-to-market of our retailers and create that seamless omni-channel experience as growers can choose to do business on the app, do business in person with their sales agronomist, do a little of both while they're sitting with their sales agronomist, may pull up their app as well. Um, so that's more where our grower portal is focused. And I think Winfield's, and I, again, I, I'm not too too familiar with that, but I think Winfield's marketplace actually sits much more keen in that in that phase one of the development of, of the space here. Great. We've had a couple that are similar to this question, um, but if you already have all of your data in Agvance or a different ERP system, how does that work with using a tool like the Agvan Grower Portal? Yeah. So most of our partners have a great ERP system that they love and they use and they trust. Um, Agvance being one of those ERP systems, we do integrate with a range of ERP systems. Uh, and so what we do and what our grower portal is designed to do is actually sit on top of that ERP system and to pull that information in so that growers have a much more, have an easier way of accessing that data and actually taking action on that data. It also kind of as a byproduct of that, we, we provide an internally facing app 
Um, it's like the same app, but it's different login, of course. Uh, and so for your sales team, they get to access a lot of that information that is almost buried in a lot of ways. We get that from our, a lot of our partners. It's like, oh, we have this buried in our ERP system. Well, the Agvin uh, Grower Portal helps to surface that and give it a kind of a new home uh, for you and, and allow your sales teams to easily access that. So great example of that is order history, right? Being able to very quickly with two taps of an app, be able to pull up a grower's order history right before you meet with them. Um, that's real value that salespeople see. And then on the flip side, growers being able to pay their invoices, uh, again, with two tasks in the app, um, that's real value as well. And all of that is done because we're integrated so deeply um, and have retrofitted our product to the existing system. So we never make you change your business processes. We sit with you, we analyze your business processes, like whether it be when an order goes through, you create an order uh, ticket or a delivery ticket um, or sales ticket, what, however you have it set up. We sit, we augment that. And, and our system gets retrofitted to fit the way that you're doing business today in your ERP system. All right, we're gonna squeeze in one more question here. We've got about a minute left, so the challenge is on, Alexander. All but right. We have one question uh, specific to the agronomy package. So does that include things like cost per acre, um, the use rate, et cetera, what goes on what specific field? D dive a little bit deeper into how that agronomy package looks. Yeah, that's a great question. So the agronomy package has full, uh, really plot field farm, uh, farmer hierarchy. Um, so you can pull in per field. Uh, it does break down cost per acre. Uh, and it does also bring in the use rates and any sort of comments or, or plan comments that are, that are associated with that. So we really just take what is being done and being built in your plan generator. And we bring it into a format that is much e more easily accessible for growers. Uh, and especially growers who may not uh, have or understand or really be up to speed on using some of these more complicated uh, agronomic tools. You definitely have a segment of growers who are in there who know it. We're trying to make it a little bit more approachable for those growers and also centralizing that information uh, in their grower portal uh, so they can see it. They can engage directly with their agronomist based on that. So there's a chat functionality. They can call their agronomist from, from the app. Um, they can make product switches or ask to make product recommendations or should say product switches based on the plan. Um, and then ultimately they can transact. Um, so it does bring in all that data. It brings all that information, just makes it in a way that growers can engage with it and then take action from it. Thanks for tuning into Ag Trends. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us with the information in the show notes. See you next time.